are listening to Video Games to the Max. All right, hello and welcome to another edition of Video Games to the Max. I'm your host, Sean Garmer, here with me today. Not Mark Morrison is the head man at the Outer Haven, Keith Mitchell. How are you, Keith? Yo, he's here? Oh, you mean me? Yo, what's up, everybody? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought I was getting fired or something. Shoot. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, like, how's, uh, how's it been going? How's the, the website doing all that? I mean, we could be here all day, but, you know, the gaming space is an interesting space for indie websites. I'll say that. You know, obviously, you have to go. I don't say go against, but you have to coexist alongside the major sites and the major influencers and all that fun stuff. So it's always an uphill battle, but we're still here. What can I say? We're still here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, you know, we'll be talking about the, the big things that lie ahead in Summer Game Fest. That is right around the corner here. Yeah, I just put in vacation time for that. Can you believe this? Putting in vacation time to actually watch shows and talk about shows. I mean, I'd rather be over in California. That's not happening. I agree with you there. It would be so much better to just be there and be in California. If it wasn't because we're like transitioning right now to work from home, I would have asked off uh, to do this as well because normally... I like to be off during this time so we can watch all this stuff. Like yeah, you said. The funny thing about all this is, you know, we had got invited to E3 yet again. And of course, E3, you know, we won't talk about the deceased, but uh, <laughs> we were supposed to be out there because it didn't happen. I was like, well, I'm not going to take off vacation. Um, and I decided to put all my money into a project that, we're, that needs to hurt and wrap up. So I don't have any money yeah. to go out there even if I wanted to. Uh-huh. It's, I mean, it is always better to cover those things there in person if you can, but you know, yeah. sometimes uh, life hands you these lemons. things lemons. exactly the lemons. Uh, so we'll be talking about that. Keith is in playing a heck of a lot of Street Fighter Six, and he'll give his thoughts on, on Street Fighter Six. And we'll have a few more things to talk about concerning uh, Xbox and Microsoft, and a whole bunch of the Meta Quest 3 got announced as well. We'll get into a few other things, all that and more. All right. Well, I got to, you know, sort of pay some bills here. At least let everybody know about the channel and the podcast, just in case this is your first time listening or your hundredth time listening. We appreciate you always. Uh, really appreciate the people that have reached out and said they've enjoyed uh, having the guests on lately. And it's awesome to know Keith and everybody at the Outer Haven to have I think it's like three weeks in a row. I've had Scott, Jordan, and, and I mean, Keith's been on before, but always cool to have him. And again, hope Mark recovers well. I think he's finally out of the rehab after his ankle surgery. So just uh, get this out of the way really quick. If you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you get everything that we do at Video Games to the Max, but then also the other stuff that's part of W2 Network, which is the Rattlers are Broadcasting People, which I'm sure they will have that review of Across the Spider-Verse, which we'll talk about today as well. Um, on the channel probably Monday or Tuesday when they do their thing. They just did Little Mermaid, I think, last week. So if you are one of those that's intrigued about that movie, you can go check it out over there. We got the anime show, Talk to Keiki. We got anime for Marks and a few other things as well. So, and of course, on the audio side, you know, if you like to listen with your ears, which I still do, you can do that on any podcasting service that's available and just search video games to the max and you'll find us there. Uh, go subscribe, you know, get, do a review of the show as well. That always helps out, you know, so you can go up the charts. Because honestly, if you don't do those reviews, you really don't go anywhere in this space of podcasting, honestly. 
that's what helps out the most is those yep. reviews and those likes and uh, commenting and, and liking on those YouTube videos that helps as well. So any, even if it's to say, Hey, good show. Thank you. That helps out more than, you know, folks. Uh, so appreciate that when you can do that. And well, let's go ahead and get started here. Keith, you have been playing the street fighter six that just came out uh, basically on, on Friday. What are your, what are your thoughts? Well, to be perfectly honest, it's street fighter. Um, it's a lot better than five. We're talking about gameplay. Uh, some mechanics has been taken from games that have already been out, but it's new for a Capcom fighter. Um, but it's a great fighting game. It's easily one of the best fighting games Capcom has. Uh, the world tour mode is interesting, though it does get very repetitive because you're pretty much doing tasks, finding your master, learning from your master, doing tasks, you know, playing through a story mode. Um, but other than that, you know, between the world tour, uh, the battle hub, and fighting ground with all the different uh, fighting modes you can do, like the versus and the extreme battles and the team battles, which is cool. Uh, it's a great fighting game. I love the fact that they have multiple uh, control schemes for those who like the original Street Fighter, like myself. You got classic, uh, you've got the modern, you've got the dynamic. So even if you're new to a fighting game, you can jump right in and start playing. You're not going to be anybody that's really experienced, but it's always fun to see that Capcom is trying to get more people a uh, Street Fighter game. So it's great. It's a great game. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've been hearing a lot of big praise for this as far as like, obviously, five came out in a really bad state. And then they Ooh. tried for this entire time to get it to something that people would enjoy. Uh, and they tried. But obviously, when you were able to start clean with a new game, it helps a lot. Do you feel like they've accomplished that for the most part? Like it's something oh, yeah. that. Uh, just, let's say you're not a Street Fighter fan. Can you can you get into this? So there's a big thing here with how Street Fighter uh, Six does, and how I can relate back to this. With Street Fighter Three came out, and it was basically it was supposed to be like the retirement of you know Ken Ryu, Chung Li, whatnot. And people started playing a game, and they're like, "Hey, where are the Street Fighters? Where are the people I grew up playing with?" And slowly over time, you know, Street Fighter, Double Impact, Third Strike, the game started changing. Uh, the culture started changing. We got more of a game that was rooted in the hip hop culture, and it worked out great, right? And we're seeing the same thing with Street Fighter Six. So they're trying to appeal to the culture, trying to appeal to those who enjoy hip hop yet again. Um, all the soundtracks in game are very hip hop. And some are some more than others. I'll put it that way. Like a lot of the main themes are straight out hip hop. Um, uh, the graphics, the paint splashes, um, um, how the characters talk in the game. They're definitely trying to appeal. I don't want to say a younger generation, but they're not all serious and hardcore. At the same time, they're not very uh, they're not very childish. They're just trying to appeal to everyone. If the fighting doesn't get to you, you might just sit back and listen to the music. And go, wow, this is actually an interesting. Uh, song or interesting track it's like is this actually a game or is this somebody actually um just playing a song off radio especially um the select the character select music or the world tour music i don't know if you played it but i literally just sat there and just let the play music it was good stuff it is good stuff it's that good and you just want to keep it on the main menu <laughs> oh yes it is good stuff so yeah they're definitely trying to appeal to a, a newer generation it's kind of funny how, again, Street Fighter 6 was supposed to appeal to a new... And we got Street Fighter 3, and now we're Street Fighter 6. That literally did the same thing. But it, it's leaps and bounds better than 5. Please. Street I mean, Fighter yeah, that's... 
<laughs> that's the great part is that they were able to overcome that and better than five. I mean, you mentioned there being like a different control scheme, I guess. Yeah. Do you feel like it's um, better than, or do you feel like it's, you're able to, have you tried the new control scheme at all? And um, as somebody who's played Street Fighter since forever, I've tried them and I hate them. There's, yeah. It's not okay. that it's bad. It's just, I'm so used to the classic control. So, a good breakdown of this is like the modern controls is basically if you tack a button, it's like it's like chain combos that you really don't have to put any thought or effort to. You got a light attack, a medium attack, a heavy attack, a special. You can map your your drive impact and your drive uh, parry. There's basically nothing that you need to do on your own. The game will do it for you. So modern is actually really good for people. Maybe I played Street Fighter in the past and just forgot how to play or they just need to like train goals we'll say they're training goals. they're getting okay. back into it they're getting back into it um then you have the dynamic control what some people say or, or is cheating or for noobs which i hate that um this is basically for anybody who's never played a fighting game it, okay it's it's simplified that everything it's it's hard to explain it's just it's it's basically ai control we'll put it that way whenever your character okay. does an attack it depends on how far you are away from a character, um, how close you are to a character, and whatever the, the game, the computer thinks you should. So it's yeah. kind of like if you're playing and you're using dynamic and you want to throw Hadouken and maybe the computer thinks, no, I want to do Shuriken, maybe it's not for you. And maybe you want to do modern, that you still have to do something. But yeah, dynamic, I'm, I'm not really feeling. If, I, if you told me to play with dynamic or modern, I would go to modern any day. Dynamic's just, dynamic is weak. It's very situational. Yeah, that seems like I don't know why I would want somebody like making the decisions, I guess, for me. But it's just like if you were yeah. just like back in arcades, right? Back in the day, you would just come up to an arcade, you know what the heck you were doing. You just you're right, you a press button, the button, yeah, yeah and, it, and it does whatever that. <laughs> okay, I can see how, yeah, if you're just wanting to play, like bring somebody in and just say, Hey, let's play, and you don't know how to play that, I guess that works. Yeah, it's it's right. good stuff, though. I'm glad that they added it. On, on the sidebar, you know, I know a lot of people are like, this is dumb. Why are people just... I've heard a lot of people, a lot of hardcore Street Fighter people or hardcore fighting game will say this, which is really dumb. It's great for uh, Capcom to do this, to get more people playing this game, because uh, Bandai Namco has done the same thing with Tekken. Tekken 8's got the same stuff, guys. Sorry. Mm. Um, we'll, we'll have to wait to see what happens this week for Mortal Kombat. Chances are they'll probably have something similar. Yeah, I mean, the whole point is to get more people to play your game. Oh, yeah. Because the more people you can play your game, that means more people buy your game, more people are playing online. Uh, it helps with getting more DLC and that kind of thing. So oh, yeah. I, I never understood the whole, like, let's nicheify our game more and 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 gatekeep it for just us. Like, because that's how some people are. It's the mentality. You know, I can, I can relate this to another certain community that I, I love dearly. I, I won't mention it, but I'm pretty sure since you know me for quite some time, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I can kind of relate to. It. I so you me you mentioned uh, you know the new control scheme, but there's new stuff in this game from five, right? Like they have a new meter and. So what's interesting is there's a difference between Street Fighter Five and Street Six. One of the big things Street Fighter Six has um, a resource bar. And it does so many different things compared to what Street Fighter Five does. So one thing that everybody who is aware of Street Fighter Five is that it has a stun bar. You get attacked so many times, you go into a stun mode and or stun status, and you're in trouble. Well, in Street Fighter Six, you kind of have that, but it depends. So when you're playing in Street Fighter Six, you have this resource, and 
depending on what you do, for example, a, a drive impact or a dry parry, which is great. So you don't have to know how to do a, a parry or have a character have a parry. Like some characters don't in Street Fighter Five. You can just press two buttons and it will automatically parry and it will keep parrying until you, as long as you hold the buttons down. But when you're holding down those buttons to parry, your, res- your resource bar slowly dwindles. And when you run out of that resource, you go into what's called burnout. Burnout is bad because you now take more damage when you're hit and you can be stunned now. As long as you have oh. a resource meter, you cannot be stunned. But at the same time, if you're getting punched in the face or you're constantly blocking, you also will. And if you're if you're constantly throwing out a drive impact, which is basically you've seen it where the character will do a a move that looks like it's paint being splattered and it will yeah. smack a character. If you're if say you were fighting and I draw I throw out a drive impact at you. If you're blocking, it'll push you backwards. It's a great way to get some space between you two. But if you're about to do a move like a fireball and I do a drive impact, it will crumble you. It's like a meaty and leaves you open for attacks. But again, that uses that resource. Bar. So if I keep throwing out drive impacts for no reason, I hurt myself. The resource will refill slowly over time or the more aggressive you are. So the resource bar has a lot. You have to pay more attention to what you're doing. You really have to. Plus, there's also your EX moves. In the game, where basically are upgraded versions of your your special moves. So fireball can turn into an EX fireball. It was in five, was in four. Um, but now this also uses this resource bar. So a lot of this game is more resource usage more than say five ever has been. So you have to pay attention to what you just can't you, just throw out stuff. Yeah, so you have to be paying attention to that drive bar because you might not uh, know that it's it's totally used up, and then. I saw that if you get close to a wall, it'll like double stun you. Oh yeah, the well. wall bounces are nasty. Have you uh, played with any of the new characters? Or sorry, no? sorry, I'm Keith Mitchell, Ken Masters for life. Sorry. Hey, no, that's <laughs> fine. Everybody has their main, you know, that they they use for better uh, or worse. I'll I'll be playing Ken until I. But <laughs> I I mean I did have to play with some of the characters um just to get a feel of them early on. Um, I did play with Kimberly. She's nice. A very complicated character but she has a lot of opening moves she's a very f- decent uh rushdown character if you know how to use her uh but yeah I- i'm strictly ken until i get my butt beat then i'll have to figure out another character fair enough uh how is that uh world tour mode do you feel like it's actually a good story mode or <sighs> it's decent i'll leave it at that it's just like any random it's just like any rpg it's basically an rpg We'll just call it a okay. world tour is an RPG. You're trying to figure out what's going on. Um, you're trying to get stronger, and that's pretty much as you go out throughout the game, you'll have different questions to do, objectives, you also have characters you'll run into that will end up doing fights with you. Like you'll literally see them on a map, like a Final Fantasy game. Right? You'll see enemies on a map, and it's like, do you want to fight them? Do you not want to fight them? Um, you can run away from them, they can blindside you and attack you. Um, when you're fighting them. You also have certain objectives you can do. Like if you do this move or if you do this so many times, you'll get a better reward and things of that. World Tour okay. is a is a RPG. That's pretty much what it is. Street Fighter Six RPG. That's all it is. And you're using a credit character, right? So you're using a credit character, correct? Okay. Well, and you don't have to play it. You you don't have to play it. But here's the downside to this: you don't have to play it. But Capcom is kind of forcing you to play it because you don't have access to the outfit. Unless okay, you play yeah, world tour, exactly. or or you 
the fighter coins or to get the outfits. But yeah, then you'll take forever to either you have to invest in fighter coin uh, monetarily or or you just play a game and get the stuff. Yeah, yeah it's it's either or. Do you want to grind it out and get the stuff eventually, or do you just say screw it and I want this plus um, graphication of I have it now? Well, I mean, are y'all gonna plan on doing like a tournament or something for so Outer they, Haven? Or they kind of want to do one. Um, I don't know. I mean, it would be fun. It's, it's here's here's the problem, and I'm I'm not trying to be that that guy. Um, if Matt doesn't join it, then I'm going to win. <laughs> so it's like it's like no, I and I feel kind of bad fighting people that I know. Right. So, but it's part of the fun of it, right? Just yeah, to see, yeah. you know. Uh, well, I, I mean, I also feel bad on picking on people who doesn't know how to play the game. That too. That also, that's always been one of my things. Like I've, I've so many times I play people that I've know I've never played a game like this before. I'm taking it easy, and before I know, like, okay, they're beating my ass now. I need to not do this anymore. I call it the Goku complex. Yep. I, I got to stop doing it. Yeah, you do it, and then all of a sudden, oh man, damn, I lost. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, what the? I did that when I was reviewing the game. I had a friend come over, and I was like, I'm gonna kick his butt, and then I'm just letting him get some hits. And I'm like, wait, um. I lost a match. That is not good. That's not have this happen again. Well, just we'll come on the next one. Let them know how it is. Um, but all right. I mean, it seems like Street Fighter Six is going to be, you know, one of those games we're talking about for, you know, I we're guess game talking... of the year time. Oh, we're... So, Street Fighter Six is an entry for game of the year, hands down. You think it'll be in the, uh, you know, the Game Awards game of the year, or it'll? Probably you not. never can tell with that, can you? <laughs> you right. know, you never can tell. Um, but I would think it would. It's, I mean, they have you know best fighting game of the year, which is going to be interesting because we got Street Fighter Six, we've got Tekken Eight coming out, which might come out this year. Rumor was not to twenty twenty four, but all the stuff that we're seeing, and um, it definitely will be at uh, Evo, and we right. might see some of this week at the Summer Game Fest. So maybe uh, Mortal Kombat's coming out this year, and we can't discount all the other indie fighting games out there as well. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be a big year for fighting games, it looks like, at least for the, you know, like you said, the name brand ones. And then, you know, there's always that indie one that pops up and people are playing and uh, that that kind of surprises you. I mean, the only good thing, I mean, the great thing about this now is we have a more uh, fleshed out amount of games for when this last year when the Game Awards show came out, you know, it was like. Fighting games of the year, and Seafood was in there, and everybody's like, Seafood's not a fighting game. Yeah, exactly. why is it's it not. in there? <laughs> it's so not. We're just trying this to put won't stuff in this there. year, right? Yeah, hopefully this won't happen this year. Which is kind of funny. I want to back up real quick, folks. Everybody voted on the best multi- uh, multiverses for the best fighting game of the year, and then, ta-da, the game is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! Maybe should have gave it to King of Fighters 15 like it was supposed to win. Yeah, exactly, but you know. They went with the popular one, and then guess what happened with that? The live service curse. It's it that. wasn't even out. It was still a beta. Yeah. It should not have been in there. Uh, well, I mean, but they're charging people and making them pay for DLC packs and, and stuff. And that was so... the thing. That was the thing. And you don't pay for a beta guy. You don't do that. Don't yeah. do that ever, 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 ever. If it says beta, if it says alpha, don't do it. They should have called the early access. But then At they took it away. You know. But then they took it away. Yeah, I agree with you. So it's it it's really dumb. Like, I, it, I mean, I understand it's Warner Brothers. They're like cutting corners everywhere and and whatever. But it's like, did nobody think about? Do you charge people for packs that they now no longer like 
can use because you took the game away and you promised that it's going to come in a year again and it'll probably just go away completely hoping people forget about it uh, that's uh that's one of those things that unfortunately with when you try to launch these live service things that, that happens once we've uh, seen plenty of times uh anything else that you are playing you want to mention um I've just been playing a lot of Gundam Battle Operation. Uh, Gundam Battle Operation 2. I keep saying Operation, but it just came out for the P. Um, it's had a lot of issues, but it is a Gundam game, and I'm a bit, big fan of Gundam, so I'm definitely playing that. It's kind of funny because I have Street Fighter 6 and Diablo 4 to play, and I'm playing nothing. That's the thing. Uh, that happens a lot. When you have the big games that you know you got to like play slash review or whatever, and you, find, you go back to that comfort game and go, all right, I'm just going to play this instead. <laughs> And then you forget, oh crap, I should probably be playing that. I'm supposed to be playing that. <laughs> so I've, I'm kind of, uh, I, this week has been because we started the whole having to transition stuff and having to help people get out of the office. I haven't been really uh, focused too much on playing games, but the um, One Piece Odyssey, which came out at the beginning of the year, had their DLC come out uh, last week. So I've played that for a little bit. And I know I think Scott reviewed it for you guys. So it's um it's more One Piece Odyssey if you like that. Uh it does have some new bosses that are not in the first game, and it also makes you have to play some of the same bosses again, but they're more uh more powered up because there's this black box that's taking over everything, and you have to basically set the worlds right again and all that stuff. And you do get to carry over whatever you did in the in the actual game whether you do need to kind of i would say be close to the end or at the end to play this because you're going to want to be like leveled up pretty high cuz these are high powered uh enemies but they also do help you because pretty much like every battle that you go through now is like a set piece it's not like just roam around the world and fight people uh like it is in the original game so you gain like two or three levels every time you do a fight so they'll level you up pretty quick if you start if you uh are kind of like let's say halfway through the game and decide you want to start there with that so but it's pretty cool ben and Namco doing dlc for it i appreciate that you know a lot of their anime games are kind of like you know mid and then they wind up just going into the ether and you don't really hear them talk much about it anymore yeah that's the big thing about anime games especially anime rpg it's good to see that they're actually doing something with this especially with this ip yeah because i mean this is actually one of the ips where they have had pretty good games for the most part uh especially the musu one is the one that's been consistent and this is probably their best of the non-musu games so glad to see they're supporting it for sure let's get into some topics here that uh have been happening this week uh a big one that came out which is funny to me because it would have been, I think, more useful to have when we were having the original discourse about Redfall. But this is why you have investigators and people like Jason Schreier and all that at Bloomberg doing these kind of things. Basically, he had a he interviewed a bunch of de- you know a bunch of the devs and other folks that worked on Redfall from Arcane, and they pretty much said that they this they weren't really big fans of this idea of Zenimax pushing them to do a live service game you can also kind of tell that back in 2018 when Zenimax was basically hoping that they would get acquired they were going into this 
direction because they really needed to have consistent player bases and things that are generating money, obviously. And yeah, then you find out that almost all the people that worked on Prey left during development. They had other issues, low, you know, low pay, low funding. And then Microsoft stepped in and said, yo, y'all keep doing your thing and left them alone. And then we know what happened. What like the do you feel like one with this story that came out? Does this absolve Microsoft now of getting the blame? Or does this show why Microsoft should have gotten involved earlier? Where are you at? No, it doesn't absolve Microsoft. It doesn't. Because they, you know, I was talking to Matt about this and he, he makes a point. They were still the management. I know Microsoft wants to take a hands-off approach to a lot of these things. When this was kind of like, hey, there's some problems going on, uh, they should have stepped in and say, what the hell is going on? Yeah, I, I think the to me, that whole report that came out towards the beginning of when the Redfall issues were happening or when Redfall came out of nobody really believed in the game. To me, if you're saying nobody really believed in the game, then maybe you should have just canceled. Yeah, I understand they're only developing it. There's already a lot of resources given to it. But if you're not going to try to make it better or delay it more so that it can be improved, what's the point of releasing it? Because now you have this sort of stain on the development team and you, right? So I don't know. Just sometimes this this idea of be totally hands-off for me just... It doesn't work when you're a, a big publisher that needs hit titles. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Um, I need you to look at your message for my message. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I gotta. Okay. Uh, no problem. I am so uh, sorry you... to you and everybody. I really wanted to be on here, but I, I gotta go take care of that. All right. No, no. I understand, man. Do what you gotta do. No Give me problem. a rain check. I would, I don't know when I'll be back, but yeah, I gotta take care of that now. Okay. No problem. All right. Sorry, see you guys. All right. That kind of like leaves me stunned there because at least when Jordan had to go last time, I kind of this is more of a wasn't supposed to happen kind of thing. Unfortunately, that freaking sucks. Uh, but what I will say is that honestly, I this Redfall thing, Phil Spencer was right when he did that uh, interview with Kind of Funny and said, you know, hey, we should have done better. We should have gotten involved earlier in the process. And unfortunately, we didn't. And now we've learned that starting now, we're going to get involved. And to be fair, they obviously had a lot more chips on the table with Starfield, right? Starfield was going to be the big game. It is the big game. I don't believe that it has to be the 11 out of 10 game. I do think it needs to be a great game. I do think it needs to be a game that causes people to want to subscribe to your service and keeps them playing not something that they play for a couple of days and then go, okay, next month I'm done subscribing. It needs to be what Starfield, what Fallout, what uh, Elder Scrolls has been for them, which is a game that you keep playing over time because it hooks you uh, as you know they have been with their RPGs. So it makes sense that Microsoft decided, you know what? Okay, we're going to push everything, all of our chips to the table to Starfield. That's why it's getting its own direct when we have that, that you know, I guess I'll talk about with Summer Games Fest. I, after the Xbox Showcase, you're going to have a 20-minute Starfield direct by itself. They are, everything is about Starfield, right? But hopefully through this process of Redfall, which, 
again, and hopefully Microsoft will take a more direct approach going forward, not just with Starfield, but going forward, I guess everything is under their banner. They don't have to deal with any more games that were already in development before they controlled uh, ZeniMax Bethesda. But we've seen the Wolfenstein Youngblood game was also supposed to be in this vein. It didn't do well, right? They had a lot of these games that Bethesda ZeniMax was making prior and all of them failed in a way because they aren't what those studios are used to making hopefully machine games now that we're gonna need and a jones thing which hopefully we see at that xbox showcase uh especially you know considering they could get some hype from the movie coming out whether that movie does well or not whatever but it, it is what it is with the redfall thing yeah i think they <laughs> i was seeing something online that i think forespoken which is also another game that suffered this year had more players concurrently than than redfall and that's that says a lot i feel like uh, about where that game is and i don't know what microsoft's going to do with that in the future if they're just going to kind of do the things there but he sort of had planned for it and then it it's gone but i i definitely don't see them doing like a ubisoft thing of trying to improve it and and try to make it you know a game that was worth checking out later on. Um, I think they're kind of better at cutting their losses. And so I guess let, let's move on to another Microsoft thing here. Uh, the kind of big thing that's been going on with Microsoft this week, and obviously it's been going on with Microsoft since they announced the merger, is this Activision Blizzard acquisition has taken another turn uh, in that I think the previous week we talked, well, I had to talk about because uh, Jordan had left at that point that the EU and China have approved the deal now. Uh, so South Korea approved the deal this week. So really it is just coming down to the UK and then the FTC kind of settling whatever there is they're going to do with that lawsuit. Lena Khan is being investigated uh, at this point even. It's now becoming a political issue with the FTC. Uh, so that may go on for a while. But Microsoft is really considering, according to Bloomberg, that even though the UK has this block where they cannot even acquire any kind of interest at all in Activision Blizzard while this is going on, they may go ahead and close this acquisition, which means they would try to end it and, and start the process of merging together officially, even though the UK and the US have this sort of stop measure put in place. And they don't want to do it, but Brad Smith says that's an extreme option, and they would consider withdrawing Activision from the UK market or just bypassing the UK entirely. Um, they could honestly just make another company and stick it in the UK to distribute the games, or they could just completely remove Activision from there and just not put their games in the UK at all. And obviously that would put a lot of pressure on the CMA to reverse their decision. Uh, in July, supposedly they're going to hear the appeal. So we will see if any of that is changed by the fact that they got this expedited appeal. But also they have this agreement with Activision that sort of makes it to where they have a certain date by which they have to close or they have to pay like $3 billion to Activision Blizzard. Uh, unless they renegotiate, which obviously if you renegotiate, that's a lot of other things that now come into play. Uh, and then Activision Blizzard, even though they want to be acquired, Activision Blizzard could demand more at that point because they know that 
you know, Microsoft's not being able to make this smooth sailing in the two regions where perhaps it matters uh, the most for them. But I feel like Microsoft knows that they can probably get this done in the U.S. regardless of whether they have this block uh, with the FTC, whereas the U.K. Is, with the CMA seems much more of a where they're trying to be a bugaboo. They're trying to get something out of the deal that's exclusive for the CMA, whether it's money, whether it's some kind of other promises. Uh, that will obviously we'll have to hear more about that in July. But as far as that goes right now, that's where that's sitting is, you know, the UK is being a problem and, and Microsoft's just kind of figuring out we're just going to bypass you entirely. And uh, also, I guess just to move on, uh, Capcom put out a survey asking which Resident Evil game they want to see, you know, do we want to see remade next? Uh, I feel like I've asked Mark this question like three or four times every time we talk about Resident Evil 4 or anything that has to do with Resident Evil at this point because they're getting to that point where they have to make a decision with with uh, Resident Evil. I'm sure there is a Resident Evil 9 in development, even though it has nothing to do with Ethan Winters or anything that had to do with Village or whatever because that chapter was supposedly closed with the DLC, with the Rose uh, DLC. So 9 would be a totally new game. I'm sure they're probably working on a new game. They've got the Resident Evil 4 VR for PSVR 2 in the works. But then after that, we kind of don't know. They haven't announced anything. They could they could announce something already at Summer Games Fest. And or they they could have their own showcase later, or they could announce it at, you know, one of the other ones, like the Xbox thing or something. But we have, well, Capcom has a little bit of time, right? Because Resident Evil 4 was able to sell extremely well. It's done well critically. Uh Resident Evil 3 Remake is the only one that really caused issues because they they took too much out of the game, right? Which then in 4, they said, okay, no, we're just going to try to make this game better and then switch some of the things around in the game, but the game's still what it was, right? So now they've got to make the decision. Where do we go from here? There's a lot of hints, supposedly, at Resident Evil 5 uh, is where they're going to go with that. And then also a lot of hints about Perhaps we go to even remaking Resident Evil 1 again because it's been what almost it's been 20 years, right? That's that's long enough for a remake. We've seen remakes come out for games that have been around a lot, a lot less time. So you could do Resident Evil 1 remake again. Uh, so they have some choices there. I know if Mark was here, he would tell you that why not finish the whole story, which I agree with him. If you already have two, three. Why not do Code Veronica? Yes, I know it doesn't have the numbered thing and it's a subtitle. It's the same thing I talked about last week with the whole Final Fantasy issue of when you remove the numbers, it makes everything kind of seem the same, right? So it won't have that number, but Code Veronica continues that story. And perhaps if you you kind of lead in with that, it allows you to put that in, have that Code Veronica. And also, uh, they haven't announced a separate Ways DLC yet, which people are expecting that they will for Resident Evil 4. So we'll see if that does get announced at one of these events. But my money would probably be on them, probably, honestly, out of the two, I kind of would want to see them remake one again. I know you'll say, okay, well, that was you can go play that right now, but you could do the same with Resident Evil 4. So why not? do one and you have one, two, three, four remakes, 
and you can play those all together. You can make the stories work. You know, that's what they've been trying to do as well. Make the stories kind of feel sequential instead of kind of all over the place. So I would kind of like to see them remake one again before they remake five. Well, we'll see what Capcom decides. And obviously you can go and see if they actually, I don't know if this survey is still live or not, uh, but they did have that survey. And if you voted, perhaps uh, they'll go based on that and, and see what they decide. Uh, but I mean, we know Capcom's got a lot of things in the works already, you know, Dragon's Dogma 2, what's going on with Pragmata, we haven't seen that in a while, people keep throwing out those rumors of Dino Crisis, which feels like they've been doing forever, uh, you know, they've, whatever's going on with the next, you know, Monster Hunter, that thing's doing extremely well for them, so uh, they still got Ghost Trick to come out later this year, I think it's at the end of this month, actually, uh, that's another game that I've been actually really excited for to come out. So Capcom's got a lot of things on their plate. They're doing extremely well in the sales. They just had Street Fighter 2, Street, Street Fighter 6 that Keith and I just talked about. Uh, so Capcom's doing great. And whatever Resident Evil they decide to make, remake, they decide to make, I'm sure everybody will go buy it anyway because right now they've been doing extremely well with all these reasons. And, and they kind of know the formula. At this. Uh, people are going to get excited whether they complain or not. But for me... It's been long enough. Resident Evil 1, you could remake that. Or, hey, why don't you go and remake Resident Evil 0? Because that thing is super tanky. You can't really play that in with modern controls now. That's a story that's kind of been, like, forgotten. Like, you could do that. And then also, you know, you're, you have Rebecca Chambers go forward in the series as well later. So Resident Evil 0 could be one that you could throw out there and be like, hey, people aren't expecting it, but... Why not remake it? Just a thought to throw out there. What about Resident Evil Zero? So uh, let me get into a few like little news bits here before I get into, I guess, what would have been our big topic to talk about. Nintendo just randomly, Shadow announced Everybody 1-2 Switch, which was so supposed to be the sequel to 1-2 Switch, because 1-2 Switch was like a launch game for the Switch. Of course, everybody bought Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild instead. But let, 1 2 Switch still sold well. I think it sold like 3.5 million copies globally. And then it also did cost, I think it's like $50 at launch. And it was much more a party game. They were trying to make it more of like a, like that sort of Wii thing again without the, without the sports part. Just, okay, let's here have some mini games, play with your friends, have people over, you know. It was a good idea in practice, but some of the games were just, bonkers and and didn't work well and um it was janky so i don't think it hit the same way that they you know that we sports did so they kind of went in a different direction with this and it's actually weird because they've been sitting on this game for like a year they really didn't know what to do with it i think again the whole pandemic just really messed them up as far as their plans i truly do believe that at one point there was a switch pro in the works I don't think that there was just totally unfounded rumors when it comes to the Switch, uh, its next console. Now, at this point, you might as well just have a Switch 2 or whatever you're going to do. It's been way too long to have a Switch Pro. But at that time, when they wanted to make it, let's say 2020, they, the, the pandemic changed everything. They had to just decide, you know what, we're going to have to just coast on the Switch for a while. And why not, right? The pandemic allowed them to have Animal Crossing sell millions of copies. Mario Kart 8 continued to be this behemoth that it has been um you know zelda continued to sell all of that stuff so and you know right now they have tears of the kingdom they're good 
Uh, I think also they didn't they didn't really believe in this game that much. Uh, so they kind of just said, hey, look, it's out there for you to pre-order. If you really, the only way you were going to know about it is if you're constantly on the Switch eShop. Um, and it's there. It comes out actually at the end of this month on, on June 30th, I'm not mistaken. And it's going to be $30. If you want to uh, play this, and it is going to be something you can play with your phone, you don't have to play with the switch joy con so you don't have to have everybody have a joy con in their hand and all that you can use your phone like like the jackbox jackbox party games and that's kind of what they wanted this to be so if you like those games it might be something that you want to check out and for that budget price that it has if it's actually decent you know you can add another one of those to your collection and and have uh parties with that uh another bit of sad news we've had more layoffs uh in different studios and that always sucks. It feels like this has been a constant theme this year. Uh, the Kirby Support Studio Vanpool has been absolutely has been completely shuttered. Actually, uh, they actually recently helped How make both Kirby's Forgotten Land and the Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe that came out this year. So Kirby's Forgotten Land was the big game last year. Kirby's Return to, Return to Dreamland Deluxe was the big game this year for them, uh, as far as Kirby's concerned. And now How won't have that support studio. Uh, to help them out because it's been shuttered. Um, they were kind of working on donations and that kind of thing, but they weren't able to keep it going, unfortunately. And it just really sucks, again, to keep seeing this happening in games, whether it's games journalism side of things or whether it's game studios uh, or the big game companies, right? the big, the, uh, big game publishers keep dropping people. Yeah, man, this has been unfortunate to see so that being said i guess i'll go ahead and just get into the the last part here that i was going to talk about we know summer game fest is upon us this week and if you heard at the beginning keith asked off uh for it and everything so he's going to be about around doing i'm sure live reactions and things like that i normally do ask off but again because we're in this transition at my job where we're going back and forth and people are going home permanently and everything. I felt it was just not the best time for me to ask off when I can save that vacation time for another time when uh, actually going somewhere and not just covering some, some video game events. If it was more of like an actual E3 big time thing where everybody was having their conference, it was really going to be more of an E3, even though this is, pretty close to what that digital e3 was we have almost all of the same events just under the same summer game fest banner instead but i don't know i just i i didn't feel like it was the right time to do that for me personally but you still get the hype right this is this is what this is about like judging the hype levels going into these showcases going into these big events right uh the game the xbox one everybody we talked about the playstation one last week and how that was sort of disappointing for a lot of people, even though, again, like I mentioned, there was a lot of games that I personally liked. And I think for them, a lot of gamers, there was games that they liked, but it didn't feel like this huge, oh my God, PlayStation is going to really put us into the next sphere of what, what are the next big games from PlayStation that are coming? They weren't the games that everybody wanted. So now the page turns to Xbox, right? And just talked about Redfall. Just talked about kind of the negativity that's surrounding Xbox right now. They need this to be a big thing. Um, 
I'm going to start there because Summer Games Fest is sort of like what that PlayStation Showcase was, right? That that Keeley Showcase that we always have was really what that PlayStation Showcase is. It's, okay, you get some big games, you get uh, indies in between, and you get the double A's and whatever. And that's kind of what he's focused on. He said that there's like three or four things that he feels are big, but there's nothing he's super promoting out of it either. So it makes me wonder either he's really trying to keep everything a surprise or he doesn't feel confident in any of the things that he's showing that he's leading with that and saying, okay, come watch us to get this, this big moment in gaming at summer game fest. So it's going to be more of, well, this, this is uh this is going to be another, another showcase, get, get hyped for games. And hey, I'm always hyped for games. I'm always like excited to to see what's on the horizon for games. That's why I talk about the games that are coming out each week when we do the podcast because I love knowing what's coming out next. And and those there's always those smaller games, at least for me. I know there's a lot of people that only play AAA stuff, and that's cool if that's what you do. But as somebody that is kind of has to play more types of games because you know I'm writing about this, I'm talking about it. Uh, those small games are awesome too. They're the sort of the lifeblood of, of the gaming because a lot of the smaller games are, you take what's there in those smaller games and you amplify that in the AAA games when you have an idea. So look, the whole roguelike genre really came, is coming into vogue because of the indie games, right? So whenever we get a AAA game that really takes that and makes it into a big deal, um, that will be because Hades and Rogue Legacy and all that decided to use that uh, first. So either way, let's talk about this Xbox showcase because Xbox itself, they put out a little bit of a teaser with uh, showing a controller and glitter going everywhere up the steps. They they teased everybody. And so it made everybody start thinking about, oh my God, that means Fable is getting shown at this showcase, right? don't don't worry about we're not going to get big games we definitely are uh and that's going to be one of them uh at least in that little teaser that they put on twitter hey if they do show fable that's a huge win for microsoft because people have been wanting to see what's going on with that game right this fable reboot is a it's a big deal yes it's even a playground but this is a big franchise for microsoft they need to nail this if they're showing that game that means they feel confident in this game uh, I'm sure it's another CG trailer. I'd be surprised if there's gameplay, but man, who knows? Maybe we're going to get surprised by that. Uh, I really hope that we see Avowed. I hope that we see, I know we're going to see Starfield for sure. We know we get that direct. I, I know we're going to, they always said we're going to see Forza. So for sure, with that being another one of their big games, I'm really hoping we do get Hellblade 2 and we get the surprise announcement that it's coming this year because I really do think they need that big fall game. That's not Forza because, again, as much as Forza is awesome and the cars always look great and the innovations that they're doing with that game look amazing if you're a car guy. But if you're not a car person, especially not like an actual simulation car driving game person, that game doesn't appeal to, let's say, the, the vast majority of gamers. So let's hope that that's where we're going with this. So. Uh, that we, we do get to see one of the big ones, you know, Fable, Avowed, Hellblade, something that shows us where where Xbox is headed with all these RPGs that they've been working on. You know, uh, where is Outer Worlds 2 going to get showcased? 
Are they going to mention Everwild at all? There's a lot of things that they have there. What are the new things that they're going to show us, right? There's always the new stuff that they've got going on. So either way, uh, Xbox has got a lot that they need to show. I don't think we need to get super overhyped about it. I, wa- I worry about that, that people are getting way too hyped. And then they're going to deliver a lot of the same stuff that we always see. Uh, remember, they got the smaller games that they're going to put in Game Pass, like Replaced that I've been waiting on. So that's the thing. That's the cool thing is remember most of the stuff that they show is it's going to be on game pass. So you'll know that you'll get to play it without having to spend that money. Whereas PlayStation, you know, you're having to buy each one of those games, which I know for, for a lot of people, they don't care and every all that, but it does make a difference right in that way. And uh, the summer games fest, I do. I just hope we see some cool games. Like I hope we get some surprises uh, maybe some third parties that you think that they were going to be at a different showcase and they showed something there. Uh, who knows? Maybe maybe Square Enix, maybe Sony has something uh, that they were kind of saving for Summer Game Fest. Um, I don't really like to, because that's such a crapshoot, honestly, with Keeley. Uh, you don't know what he's going to show or not show on that thing. Uh, he, he, I will give him credit, man. He shows all kinds of games at those things. He doesn't just try to make this the triple A blast off thing. And I know that's what people want it to be, but unfortunately it's just can't, you can't, that's not all of what gaming is. And he does try to make this all kinds of different games. They're not all going to appeal to you, but it's going to be fun either way. And then you have the smaller stuff like the gorilla collective homes, wholesome direct, the future game showcase, all of that stuff's going to be in there. So if you're, if you like seeing all kinds of games, you're going to get a plethora of stuff uh, to watch during this week. Uh, it starts with the Gorilla Collective on on the seventh, and it keeps going all the way. I think past uh, the Ubisoft everything. So, you know, we've got even the PC gaming showcase, which I know is not everybody's favorite, uh, and even RGGs doing their thing. So, hopefully, we'll get some stuff on Yakuza Eight. And uh, that also, I'm sure we'll get stuff on that Yakuza Like a Dragon, or I'm sorry, it's not called Yakuza anymore. Uh, like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name, which is that in-between story with whatever Kiryu was doing, doing during uh, Yakuza 7. So I hope we do get you know more on that. And they're doing that really late at night too. Which, that's crazy. Uh, June 15th at 11 p.m. Because obviously they got to show it uh, in Japan. So yeah, there's going to be something for everybody, I feel like, by the time we get to the end of this this whole week. But, man, get ready. Starting June 7th, then you get Summer Game Fest on the 8th, uh, Day of the Devs, which always has some cool stuff. You get the Devolver Direct, which that one's always funny. At least you get some good laughs out of there. Look, a lot of this stuff is indie that's leading into the Xbox, Ubisoft stuff, and Starfield. But there's there's going to be some good stuff, I feel like. So, Get hyped, folks, because we're going to get announcements, announcements, announcements. I am. I was going to tell Keith on air that I was going to I was going to go back to even though I'm still having to deal with this transition with work. I was going to go back to writing uh, with the Outer Haven a little bit earlier than I than I expected, because this I know they're going to need help. So any any time we can get an extra news bit in there or, or news write up thing, that will be helpful a lot. So uh, I'll be writing pretty soon uh, hopefully i can put in some links into the next show where you can uh read what i wrote about certain things so 
hopefully you guys are hyped for Summer Game Fest, right? For for the Xbox Showcase, for whatever it is. Um, hopefully you you got your your game that you're hoping gets shown at one of these things. Uh, they even have a Final Fantasy 16 like pre-celebration event as well. Hopefully nobody's thinking that we're going to get some other Final Fantasy announcement because that would be kind of weird. I really think they just don't want to erase the high. They don't want anybody forgetting that 16 is coming out. I don't think we're going to get anything that involves 7R, even Ever Crisis, even anything else that they might be working on Final Fantasy-wise until 16 releases. After 16 releases and you have that period where after the game's release and people are going to buy it or they're not, then we might start getting, oh, okay, here's they, they already dropped the hint that they're working on the release date for 7R, uh, 7 Rebirth, right? Uh, that they've already dropped the hint that you're going to be able to kind of go in the open world and that kind of thing, which I'm excited about because I thought we were just kind of going to get the semi-open world where, oh, okay, you can go to this far and there's some things here and, oh, but you can go to this place and when you go in there, there'll be side quests, whatever. But if you're going to be able to actually roam around with the characters... That's going to be awesome. That's going to be awesome. I really hope that that's what we get when they actually ever show us something for 7 Rebirth. And I I forgot to put this on here, but I'm going to go ahead since we're already talking about Final Fantasy. There's been a report this week that they are worried about sales for Final Fantasy 16 because they haven't been trending that well in Japan because it is PS5 exclusive. It was supposed to come out at one point for the PS4, but they were having some issues with development they didn't want to possibly have to delay the game even more because they were trying to make it for ps4 so they just decided to do it for ps5 and with that comes the caveat that you only have around 40 million ps5s out in the wild and is everybody that has a ps5 gonna buy final fantasy 16 uh at the end of the day they are appealing to a bigger audience there is gonna be more people buying final fantasy 16 but you're gonna have people that it's still a final fantasy game they, they don't want to deal with that they don't uh, you know, the name pushes them off and, and they don't buy it. So I don't think we're going to see 5 million copies being sold in three days or whatever, like what we saw with Zelda. We're not going to see that. If we get 3 million, I think, in, in the first week or something, I think they should just consider that a win with the fact that you only have the 38 million PS5s. So I understand that they're concerned. Right, I'd totally be concerned about that because at the end of the day, is trying you're trying to get the return on investment for everything you put into Final Fantasy 16. Not to mention the marketing and all that from Sony's end and and everything that Square Enix has done to push this game. I mean, there has not been a game that has been promoted more from Sony this year than Square Enix and and Final Fantasy 16. I mean, they have been every single possible way that they've been able to get you hyped for this game. They have done it. They give you gameplay details. They've let people, they've let journalists play this thing early, twice. You know, they have tried everything possible to get people hyped for this game. Uh, now we got to wait, you know, until the June 22nd. Thankfully, we have the Summer Game Fest thing here to kind of distract us a bit from waiting. But yo, there's some other, you know, we just talked about Street Fighter 6. Diablo's, Diablo's coming, like, there's going to be games to play, no doubt. But people that are really waiting on this game, this is a concern because they want these games to sell well. They want Final Fantasy 16 to be a big seller. It's going to be hard for it to sell what Final Fantasy 15 did because that was on multiple consoles, right? That was on multiple, uh, you know, that was on Xbox and PS4. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see if they can really get 
people that are not just Final Fantasy fans to buy this game because they want that next big PS5 experience before you get to Spider-Man. Will they be able to get them into that? I don't know. But speaking of Spider-Man, before I go into talking about the games that came out this week, I saw Spider-Man Across the Universe with my daughter last night, really late. Uh, it is freaking awesome. I don't think I need anybody that's excited for that movie. I don't think I need to tell you that. Uh, I'm pretty sure you know at this point. But it got the biggest opening day box office of the entire year so far. And it's so well-deserved. That movie is freaking amazing. The animation in that movie is incredible. The From the watercolor paint-looking parts to... Like the way they do all the Spider-Mans in that one area, I'm trying, it's hard to talk about this movie and not spoil. So I'm trying not to talk about spoilers at all, but man, just the story that they do with Miles and Spider-Gwen and everybody is, is freaking awesome. Um, obviously it's a two-parter, so you can probably imagine how it ends. Uh, there is no post-credit scene, so you can actually just get out of the theater when it's over, but it is freaking, it stays with you, man. You think about that movie when you're done watching it. It's it's extremely good. I will say in the middle, there is a little bit of the whole, okay, stuff happens, right? Uh, I don't feel like it's all the way through amazing, but man, I, I left the theater being like, man, I want, I want to watch that again. It's that good. Um, I love how they introduce all the different Spider-Mans and everything else. It's so freaking great. The music in that that movie is awesome. So I would say go check it out, folks. Um, go watch it. Go watch it in the theater. I don't think this is something. This is this is one, go watch it in the theater. Uh, unless you have like an amazing setup at home to watch movies, go watch in the theater. You're going to appreciate it. You're going to appreciate everything about that, that film. I don't think this is one you need to, don't wait till it hits Netflix or whatever. Just go watch it. Go watch it. It is worth that money. It is worth that money. Uh, out of all the blockbusters that are going to come out or whatever, I, I know we got Oppenheimer still. We got the Mission Impossible movie. We got uh, other you know, the Barbie movie. All that, Transformers is coming out like this week. I know we got all that. Dude, Across the Spider-Verse is going to be better than all those. Go watch this movie. Especially you got kids. They're going to love it. Go watch it with them. That being said, we're at the end here. Uh, the games that are coming out this week, I don't think I need to tell you if you're already knowing about this Diablo 4. Uh, actually, you're probably already playing it. If you bought the early access, you could be playing it right now. Uh, but if you just decided to buy the standard edition, which actually was funny because the Xbox had a glitch for a while where you could buy the standard edition and then return it and get the ultimate edition for 30 bucks. So I don't, I'm pretty sure that glitch has been fixed by now. But for a while, a couple days ago, it was there. And people were exploiting it for sure. Uh, but yeah, Diablo 4... People have been waiting for this game for a long time. The, the Mark played the beta. He loved it. Uh, everybody that has played this game is immersed in it and loving it. So I'm sure you are hyped for this and ready to play it as soon as it drops with your friends or by yourself. Uh, but I'm sure this is going to be one that the servers are going to be slammed uh, when that June 6 hits and people are trying to get on. Uh, Amnesia the Bunker is the next in the Amnesia series of horror, of horror games. It is on Xbox Game Pass. So you can play that on Game Pass on the 6th as well, or you can just get it on everything else. But Switch, uh, Loop 8 Summer of Gods is like a visual novel and with RPG stuff in it. Uh, it's out on everything, basically uh, PC, Switch, Xbox, PS4. The reviews haven't been kind to it, 
So that might be one that I know if you like RPGs or visual novels, you might want to go read some reviews before you just drop down the money on it. But I know Scott was also reviewing this. If the review it actually might already be out right now. So you can go to outerhaven.net and go read that review. And Harmony, the Fall of Reverie, which is the next Dotnod game, uh, actually comes out first on PC and Switch on the 8th. Uh, it, you know, those are the, those narrative choice games that Dotnod makes. This one looks really cool. It's like basically you know what the future is going to, you know, what's going to happen in the future, and you kind of have to figure out what choices you want to make and what that will do for the actual future that does happen. Uh, so if you like those Dotnod Dotnod games like Life is Strange, uh, I think they're doing Tell Me Why again free on consoles because of being Pride Month. Uh, so if you like those games, uh, it looks like Harmony, The Fall of Reverie is going to be the uh, similar in that vein. And you can definitely go uh, check that out there on the 8th. Uh, MotoGP 23, the next one in that series, is going to be out on the 8th as well. That's out on everything. And then uh, you have this smaller game, Trip World DX. It'll be out on everything except Xbox, which is actually like an update or remaster of the original trip world it's like an adventure platform where you play as a bunny uh that'll be out on the 11th so and that's all before we do the next episode of the show there's a game called goodbye volcano high that i'm looking forward to that comes out on the 15th i'm gonna see if i can get a review code for that one so thank you if you listened i uh, really appreciate it uh, hopefully you will um Keep listening each week or, or watching later on YouTube. Remember, you can subscribe. Go to youtube.com uh, at slash at WTM Network. Remember, it's got that at symbol. Or I think it's just youtube.com slash wrestling to the max pod. You can go that way and hit subscribe, follow, uh, ring that bell so you get everything we do. Remember, we don't just do the this show, Video Games to the Max. So it's the Radlich show. So, uh, again, they're probably going to review Sp uh, Spider-Man Across the Universe with much more of a movie review style. They do a great job over there. They give you the numbers. They, they do awesome on those reviews. So I definitely think you should check those out. Um, you know, Todd the Cakey does anime. They do everything that's new. They talk about pretty much everything on those shows. You should check those out as well. Um, well, until then, folks, until next week. Mark, hope you keep getting better, and uh, we'll see you later, everybody. Bye.